And a happy Monday to you folks. Welcome to a brand new week. And here is a awesome reason to be grateful this week. When you think about comparing yourself to someone else, just ditch it. Just get rid of it. Do not allow that sort of comparative energy into your life because it's so easy to get overwhelmed with jealousy at someone else's success. Entitlement is very attractive, but also can be very destructive too. So if you ever feel like you're bitten by the comparison bug, instead of getting into some sort of linguistical or mental wrestling match about who's better than who and expending energy on that, rather take a step back, appreciate what your comparison has brought to you, which is an opportunity to be grateful for what you have. Start with the simple things like your health, your relationships, friends, family, and of course, the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. Now, folks, let's go ahead and get this Monday morning going. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Monday to you folks. It is a fabulous Monday here in OKC. This is Oklahoma City. Jason Spees with you here with the Crude Life live and local on location out. We are in Oklahoma City getting ready for our cross-promotional podcast. That's what we're calling it today, our cross-promotional podcast with Ken Lavin and Matt Hill with Talkin' Energy Show. We're going to talk about all kinds of different things happening in the world of energy. And then after that, we'll be heading down to the Shale Energy Resources Trade Show and Conference happening this Wednesday and Thursday down in Midland, Texas. Of course, there's a whole week of activities happening if you'd like to be a part of it. Still time. Still time to be a part of it. Happened Thursday. What is it? Thursday? Wednesday? Tuesday. There we go. I'm, I'm working backwards here, folks. Boy, you know the trip is going well when you start working backwards at the beginning of the week. Oh, boy, you can't make that up, can you? All right, we'll take a look at who we have coming up here on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's how we're going to kind of do things here. Ron Gusick with Liberty Oil Field Services, Midland Mayor Patrick Payton. Adam Perkins of Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. Derek Clark with the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. Of course, Myra Vargas with Amigo Pipe and Equipment will be guest co-host with Midland Mayor Patrick Payton, as well as Kent Kirkhammer to talk about Gorilla Jack. And then our main event, Jim Wright, the Texas Railroad Commission, plus a couple special guests, Krista Escamilla with PBS's Basin Life and the Permian Perspective Podcast, and Chris Moore, the voice of West Texas. She'll be doing the moderation and the continuation and the advancement of the discussion with the Real Oilfield Women of the South, a pilot program that we have going until our release month of August. More details to come on that, folks. But this week, we'll be down at the Midland Horseshoe Pavilion. I mentioned the Permian Basin Associate of Pipeliners. That's what we're going to do today, folks. We were down in the Permian for the annual cook-off that they have there. And I believe it was the sixth annual. Let me go off my memory hill real quick. Yep, we're going to call it the sixth annual. Permian Basin Pipeliners cook-off. 
And we interviewed a whole bunch of different characters and all kinds of different people that were a part of it, people that were in there networking. So that's what we're going to bring for you today is some interviews that we've done at the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners annual cook-off. That's coming up right now. Back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. Kind of a delayed, tardy edition this morning, but that's okay. It's it's podcast. You know, we don't have deadlines like I normally do in the radio world, which I have. Oh, my God, I have radio shows to get done by tomorrow for my weekend shows. I just realized that in the moment because I looked at my notes, and it's Thursday today, March 11th. We're at the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners annual cook-off. Sean Forbes with us, Team Forbes. Also, OG Directory, how you doing? I'm good. It smells really good out here. All this barbecue cooking up. It's, it's better a lot than of cook BO, trailers. Nice. Yeah, it's no, better no, than normally the oil patch BO. Yeah, sweating and dirt, <laughs> dirt everywhere Aaron, and dirt and oil. This is nice. Aaron, I, I cannot recall your last name in the moment. Wurzma. What's that? Wurzma. 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 Okay. Newly employed, almost employed. Yes. About the 98-yard line, folks, so we can't get into the details of things. However, she feels confident enough to talk about the last several weeks, several days, several months, just everything that's gone into the whole... Maybe the last couple of years. Like the last year. The last year. There you go. The, the, The hoopla of job search just life itself dealing with a lot in the industry and um we hope it has an happy ending right is that yes that's the end goal yeah erin yeah. how many how many different companies have you worked for over the last year I can't even count. It's just been so quick and painful. So so you've been hopping. I've been hopping because everything just stopped. So um, a year, basically a year ago, uh, the company that I worked for filed bankruptcy and and went under. So in the middle of a pandemic... Um, oil's crashing to negative. I don't know. I try not to remember. I have to go out on a job search. Fortunately, we had a couple of months where we were able to uh, still be on the payroll until the bankruptcy went over. But that's where it was just in the middle of total chaos. So I had an opportunity to work for a company that was a great company um, and did the same what I used to do in the fabrication. But when oil crashed to negative something and didn't come back there's no way anyone can carry that carry a salesperson that's not going to sell something for a year right that obviously no one's going to be buying brand new fabrication until maybe hopefully third quarter this year yeah because we're not producing we're not building and so um, but it's still important to keep that sales presence and you know continuity with you know having that connection with customers too and so you've brought on a big customer base. You have a, a huge network of people. You have a lot of customers that just follow you um, regardless of what company you work for. And so for you to come on to a, a company, it's so valuable. And then, you know, after a month, they get scared and they just let you go. And not only is that devastating to you, but it's detrimental to them and your customer base as well. Yes. And thank you for saying that. And yeah. that's just, and I could see a lot of companies' point of view because 
once the bankruptcy happened with the previous company, there were a lot of competitors that were ready to offer jobs, wanted to talk to me. But when everything kept crashing painfully, the COVID kept going, it just was not possible. And so, and then I was able to work in the fall for another company, but they transitioned to more industrial. And so that one also, which we tried our best. I mean, it's one of those, you just kind of try to, try to work and see what you can pull off in fourth quarter during a pandemic. It's, May I yeah. ask a question real quick? Yes. Okay, because I, I, um, I find this very fascinating from a different perspective. More of from your perspective, like if, if I was in your shoes, I would have a very difficult time because it's a downward spiral. Let's, just, let's be honest. Like it is a spiral that has happened where there are things outside of your control, but it directly reflects on you. So now, and the reason I said, oh, you were hopping around because that was kind of a, that was kind of taboo for a long time of uh, resume hoppers or job hoppers. Don't get somebody like that on your team. Well, when it, when, when you're in a pandemic and a spiral and companies are trying to take chances and just all of a sudden, well, their door closed. And yeah. I mean, shit happens, posi- folks. Yeah. Move on type thing. Yeah, you take a position How, with the company with the intention yeah. of continuing to work there. How did you handle that? Because, you know, it, bringing that passion right out of the gate is, is well, when you're on your third time in a year... You, you almost got to re-strategize how you bring this new passion because the old enthusiasm is just isn't working on people. It seems so. I don't know. Am I making any sense here? No. Um, no, I'm exactly, not. Okay. At oh, one I am. Point, yeah. At one point, I was <laughs> no, just like, not at seriously. All. <laughs> like the beginning of last year, I was just like seriously because then an out of industry company found me on LinkedIn and said, "Oh, we want an oil and gas salesperson because you know how to hustle, you know how to work hard." And that lasted two weeks, and they said, "You're expensive." Well, yes. Well, they had a contract that they thought they were going to get. They were non-oil and gas, and apparently they didn't get it. So that lasted two weeks. My tax person, I, I mean, all of my tax work, and all my, she's looking at me like, I'm going to charge you more. But how I reacted to it at the beginning of the Didn't whole, even think of that whole side of it. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah. I go, how many I W9s? W9s. Here's my stack. Here you go. And she's just looking at me like, yeah, you're going to owe me. But... I mean, to kind of joke about it at the beginning when all this happened, like Sean and I have talked, I just learned a new tactic. I just would put vodka in my truly. We would just, (laughs) you know, we just skipped the whole delight. And we just said, you know, we're just going to go straight for that. But Irish coffee. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And at one point, you got to get out of your pajamas. You got to go start socializing. You started figuring it out. And I think that's where maybe a lot of us in sales, I still see a lot of green circles. And but we have if we have that hunter mentality and I'll take care of my customers because they'll still follow me. They'll still ask me questions. I'm going to do it. Right. And that will guide you to something. I mean, the company that went went bankrupt, I still had my customers call because they needed service. And so I felt like with that company, all of us that worked together, we were like this happy little dysfunctional family. And then we all ended up in different foster homes. So I had all everyone else that worked with one of our competitors. So I was able Just to angle and kind of push those my customers like, hey, I need um, I need a part for combustor. All right, well, talk to him. He went over to this department. So I was able to kind of still coordinate and stay in contact with my customers, which is going to be um, really productive now because they're already calling me. So it'll be a great start of um, 2021. Yeah, and if they're smart, they'll keep you. 
Yes, we are. This is this is it. Because I'm kind of starting to feel like, you know, that poor little pound dog, that little shelter dog that keeps coming back because, you know, I don't know, it peed on the carpet and then you keep dragging it back to the pound. And hopefully this is the last time I have to be adopted out. <laughs> have you ever, have you thought about maybe leaving the industry because oil and gas has been so hard to, you know, land solid jobs? So here's the other aspect of that is I applied for outside of the industry and I actually had someone said you have great qualifications but once it comes up you'll leave I said no I want to get out of this I can't handle the bipolar behavior that goes on so other industries don't really give us poor little oil and gas refugees a chance and then I found that to be true as well I really did uh, especially during the so the 2015 recession, I had to, um, I actually had to, oil and gas, the crude life was 20% of my income. I had to go and figure out other ways from delivering, you know, deadhead type delivery things for people. Hey, I'll pay a hundred bucks if you drive this to Jamestown or whatever it is. A you know, hot just, shot delivery. Yeah, hot shot, whatever it is, but for packages for people and just, you know, creative things because they knew I had time. Um, but I, I, I wrote for different industries as well so I because I'm a writer actually by trade and so what I found though was that people would not hire you full-time because you came from the oil and gas industry because when oil gets back to above 60 bucks you're gonna not even put in two weeks that's what someone told me they're you're gonna leave the minute you get a, a better job offer so you found that to be true too, huh? Yes, I actually had people say that yeah, to me. Yeah, no, they're very upfront about it. They're very upfront. They and said I'm, and you're I'm happy they are. Yes, and they said, you're going to leave. And I said, no, I'm not. And then another... Like, you don't know me. Right, right you that's don't, not my character. You know? Exactly. And then also with, they started treating you more as an entry level. You, well, you don't know our product. Yeah. So you just start as an entry level, which I'm sorry to say most of us in oil and gas, we're here for, it's not the, I mean, it is the lifestyle, but it's the, it's the money also. I mean, it's up and down and it's around and like, it's like dating a bipolar woman. You don't know what mood you're going to get which day. And so some of us that's are why kind I, of that, That's why I date two of them. And then I just, whichever one. Switch up, that's a good idea. Well, that's Maybe I'll go to that Mormon religion, right? Yeah, yeah okay. keep it real. This Catholic one isn't working out. Just okay. bring them over. But that's kind of how I feel. And, and so one then they want. One for each day of the week, sorry. <laughs> so they want just you to put that start. Together, right? I just put it's that like together It's like your underwear, right your Monday yeah, underwear, your Tuesday underwear. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what I saw was, and then they start you entry level because you may not know the product. You might have years of sales experience or management experience mm-hmm. or whoever, because everyone's pretty much out of work. But I mean, even, even my son struggled, you know, who just graduated last year with college in an engineering position. So it, it was all around. Everyone has struggled. How about social media? How you been handling that? You know, I you know I'm glad that there's a hashtag circle now. Everybody has that's unemployed. At least there's something to, you know. No offense, but it's it's tough to be unemployed. It's it's not. It's it's a very embarrassing. It's very. Uh, it's depressing. It's depressing. It makes you feel like shit. You know. Yeah. I mean, which is another word for depressing. And, you, and it and it belittles your purpose. I mean, but people, people have such great skill sets, and when you're not utilizing that, you feel like you're just wasting away. And there there are some people that will look down upon you. And the reason I know this is because I've heard the judgmental statements with my own ears about <laughs> other people who were unemployed. 
Not me, you know, when you're sitting around a bunch of caddy groups or something like that, and they'll say something. There's, there's male cats, too. You know, I mean, so don't, don't give me that look. Okay. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, you hear the judgmental statements, so when you're in that judgmental group, you just assume they're saying it about you. <laughs> At least I do. Um, so how did you deal with social media on that? I mean, did, did, did it, was it hard? Did you care? I think... I think Is it too after, hard to talk about? Not really, because it kind of became kind of a group. I mean, if you look at LinkedIn, I mean, half of the people have a circle. Yeah. And I think that was a really good idea that they brought that out. And, and, and a lot of people, once I put that circle up the last time, I had tons of people just... Um, message me, hey, call this, hey, send me over your resume, I'm going to send it here. And so I can tell this time being back in the unemployment line, it was a lot shorter than the last time and things are building up. I've had several, several interviews. I've made it to several two to three final interviews. And so um, a lot of movement in what the six to seven weeks. And so a lot of them were referred. And so I see a lot of movement. I see a lot of people. I, I saw it as a positive. I see everyone trying to really rally together because mm-hmm. a lot of the people that I know who are employed, some of my really good friends that are employed, they're terrified that if it doesn't turn around, how long are they going to keep me? Right. I and, mean, a, and a good friend of ours, um, you know, she's been in sales and she's gotten three pay cuts now and so i'm like three pay cuts three pay cuts so we interviewed somebody the other day who was talking about the number one complaint they're hearing is that they're getting laid off and then they get offered their job back but it's at more fraction of the no but like less than 50 percent like it's a substantial cut like from six figures down to like 40 grand you know, something like that. And so it's not to belittle 40 grand a year. It's just to say the percentage cut of, of what it is, is, is very sticker shock. It's just a sticker shock. And, you know, I, I don't want to dwell on that too much yeah. because that, that's, you know, that, that, that's kind of a touchy subject for a lot of people. But Well, it is. But I think companies right now are taking advantage of, you know, the people that are available in the job market so right I now. I'm thinking those people are, are going to be desperate so they can lowball them I with agree. a lower salary. But in turn, those people are going to become bitter because they're not being paid their, their value. I'm bitter already. Yes. And, I wanna, and I'm not quite there. I'm more bit. I'm getting bitter. And these circles, right? I really did like the circles for the people looking for work. I really did like that because... That gave a group of individuals... A sense of unity. That, that needed it, that really needed it. Right, because if you'd see that circle, I'd go, oh, Erin, she's looking for work. And then as I see jobs become available, forward them to her. Right, exactly. So it's like, help, so, let's all help each other. When I saw these companies start coming out with the circle, hashtag, ready, looking ready to for hire... Work? Ready for work? Oh, yeah. No, looking to hire? Okay. Please stop. Please stop. You're taking it away from the people who need work. Yeah. You're you're di- you're diminishing what they had power of before. Instead of putting that on there and taking the time to create that circle, go hire that person. Go hire the person that's looking for work. Don't brag that you're looking. For, it's it's. Oh, we're good. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, that's that's what happens here at the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners annual cookoff. Here is they've got. What would you call that? In the restaurant business, we call that like a host or an expediter. 
something like that. They're just making a golfer. He's a volunteer, a volunteer, and you know, uh, hey, whatever needs to be done, making I'm sure here. everything's okay. I'm your guy. But I, so I don't want to get you know too controversial with this statement. But what I do want to do is point out that. I felt like they were trying to piggyback off the momentum of the success of the looking for work by saying, hey, look, we're hiring. Yeah, look a lot us. of you guys are look hiring at, at 9 bucks an hour when you were paying 40 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. So that's another problem I have with that is they're trying to disguise their guilt, if that makes sense. I'm a business owner, so, I mean, I could have done it, too. Sure. You know, I mean, we, we, we've, we've actually, we didn't get any government money, and we've brought on two new people. Because we knew we had to grow, so I'm making less money. I'm reinvesting in myself and in my product. And then we've, we're creating relationships and trying to figure out how to bigger, figure out creative ways to do strength and numbers because it's hard to move to the next level when you don't get the big government contract or whatever the case is. So, okay, there's two rants there. <laughs> but I don't know what you guys are thinking about the circles and things. I think it should be just for the people looking for work I because agree. then it it's kind of theirs. Right. Anyway, so. Um, I, I've seen that looking to hire. So um, I've had several requests to um, LinkedIn. And so if they do have the circle to hire, I will notice it a little bit more i mean that's the only thing i've kind of noticed mm-hmm. where oh they're hiring job seekers as job seekers kind of a, and a, so a beacon of a light to, yeah kind hey, of like oh, oh hey they might be hiring maybe i'll pay attention to this request mm-hmm. and so it i'm neutral on it it okay. doesn't really bother me what what advice would you give for people who would have been in the job hunt flip-flop for a while now i mean as far as you know, your perseverance and, you know, your strength. You have to stay strong, you know, in order to, to get through it all. But what, what advice would you give others? I think what worked for me, I was just trying to think about that. And it's also something because my son has been working for a year to get a job. He just graduated from college in an engineering position, you know, and he didn't have any background. Well, where did all the other engineers that were laid off in oil and gas go? out into what I call the civil world. So both him and I have discussed how he's done it and how I've done it. And he will be um, employed April 1st. And so when he gets his formal, yay. So we're both rocking it now. But um, you really have to just know that every time you hit that button on an email or you apply, my philosophy was I don't have a chance in hell of being pulled. And I did get pulled several times when I was like, oh, really? And so trying to change out like the basics, change out your resume, which is daunting and annoying, or um, try to find a connection. Like I found that people were willing. Hey, you know, we connected in 2017 off of LinkedIn. I think we said hi once. I just applied for your company. Can you help me out? And on several of them, finding those people and saying, here's my resume, push it in front of someone. You have to advocate. You have to, to ad- network to network and advocate. You have to push. And if you have to call the person and if you have to call them and say, hey, I know you have my resume because I've cyber stalked you and I found <laughs> your house and I put it underneath your mat or I oh, mean so that level of advocate. Oh, I, oh, there's one that oh, I, I was going to ask you, what level do you go to until the protective order is signed? OK, because for me, <laughs> I do three calls, three email. You know, once I reach three. That's it for me because I think technically as a male, I can get sued for harassment. Stalker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. it, it depends. If I can talk to them, there's a company that um, 
I've been persistent with and we've talked they haven't decided if where they're putting the position and so I'll hit them up every once in a while sure. and they'll talk to me and I'll hit an email I'll just hit back an email hey I'm just emailing you to so that it, this pops up and you remember me mm-hmm. I mean especially if you're in sales bring out that personality that's how you know you've stalked that person walked in and got a got a solid sale sell yourself and yeah and you just got you can't stop or just i mean i contemplated last summer moving in with my parents and just um paddle boarding every day that sounded really good and at moment, is that still available i'll do um, that okay you can come over yeah yeah I mom was, dad say this guy i met down in the desert he's gonna move in with you yeah you he's just, just have, gonna paddle board don't worry about him it'll be perfect and like i was legitimately thinking this would have been a lot easier and a lot more fun to hang out with my parents and um, but but oh, and if you knew we, my parents, the paddleboard podcast, the paddleboard, all of our podcasts are on the paddleboard, and when we fall over, it's done. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll have my hand my, my hand line fishing line. It's so fun. Anyway, at sorry. the same time, perfect. But yeah, and if you knew my parents, bless their heart, um, you would understand that that they're they're great, but. Um, would you want to move in back in with your parents? I was almost at that no. point. I'm like, no, this right. Will be all that's, right. That's not a proud moment in any adult's life. No, no. Uh, my kid wouldn't let me move in with him, and then the other one, he's on a controlled base, so I can't move in with him. So. One of my favorite like <laughs> moments, like we were at this dinner party or whatever it was. It's this guy had recently moved in with his parents. You know, it was ten years ago that during that oh nine ten recession or whatever. And he had to, and he was, you know, he was probably 38, okay? 38 years old, got to move home with your parents, okay? In the last year, you've gotten divorced. You gotta move I mean, just you're a cliche of just sad sack, right, you know? And uh, um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. Gosh <laughs> darn it. Well, I was going to rephrase it, that I have to move in and care for my parents. Oh, that's what it was. So and, yeah. anyway, at the dinner party, he said he had to move home, and that was the end of his sentence, right? And the person he was talking to said... Or your parents ill. That was like the first thing. That, <laughs> so apparently that's the only acceptable way you can move back in with your parents is that if you're going to take care of them. Yes. Right. Yeah. So anyway. That's but. how I was going to phrase it. I need to move in and take care of my parents, <laughs> which I do need to kind of, yes, a little bit, make sure that my mom doesn't kill my dad. So. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Sean was uh, taking her blazer, and she goes from sexy to sophisticated very quickly, so it distracts me. And, uh, and well, the, the weather, it's going from, errands. me, I'm always cold, so it's going cold, hot, cold, hot. So I'm taking off my clothes and putting my clothes back on. So. Aaron's wearing a tank top, and when the light catches her just right, my just stops me in my, moment, in my tracks. And so it's a oh, tough day for me. Beautiful women here at the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners annual cook-off. So let's kind of wrap up this segment a little bit. Uh, you mentioned advice. Uh, you know, the, how can people get in touch with you? And uh, you know, you can't mention which company that you're you're almost employed with. But let's say that you know they want to find out more. You know what you're going to be doing, and just kind of network and get get involved. I think Link. LinkedIn would LinkedIn? be a, okay. yeah. LinkedIn, find me, hit me up, send a little message. Um, I usually accept everyone. Spell your last name. It's W I E R S M A. Aaron, E R I N. Yes. Aaron Wiersma. Aaron Wiersma. German. Danish. Danish. Okay. All right. Close enough. 
It's Not my kid's name. <laughs> oh, it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good to see you, Aaron. I'm glad you're here today. I know. I'm glad I drove ten and a half hours to hang out with you. <laughs> so you're out of Colorado, aren't you? Yes. Which part of Colorado? Um, outside of Erie, but I was born and raised in Roosevelt, Utah, so the Green River Basin. I apologize for my Mormon jokes now. That's right. <laughs> no, okay, boy. that's all right. <laughs> it's okay. I've never gone through a segment without offending someone. So it's oh, no, <laughs> I'm not offended at all. It's funny. I can find you a couple of wives and we can help you out with that. <laughs> Wait, before we go, I want to mention Aaron. So Aaron's history in the oil and gas industry doesn't start and end with sales. Aaron was an actual field hand. So yes. Aaron is, gets down and dirty and actually does field work herself i think you're gonna do a, a flow back job here oh or just did one uh, i just went, went and did or a water um, transfer water, water transfer, transfer job I, I helped a friend out and we, i did a water transfer job and um i've dabbled in flow back i thought i was pretty amazing with my six pound hammer i'm sure i was humorous to my co-workers but this is where i can get this line how about a 40 foot uh tape measure we have one here today yeah so I think we're going to measure a few things. I want to go measure some ribs. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do during the break. I'm going to measure some ribs, and we'll throw them up on LinkedIn to see how long these how slabs long of the ribs, ribs are. are. Who's, should we measure who's got the longest ribs here? Yes. Okay, you can do that. That's like, too much work. Like the ones that they're cooking or in our bodies? <laughs> oh! Let's do both. Oh! Let's, oh. <laughs> well, let's not go too far south of the equator. All right. It's <laughs> a big voice here. <laughs> we'll be back, folks. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment Elements. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. 
Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome back to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spee. Sean Forbes is sitting next to me. Now, I'm not even sure how to pronounce the first name here. Try it. Let's see. Maya. Myra. <laughs> Myra. Myra. Yes, sir. Vargas. Vargas. See? There With we go. B, not a B. Myra Vargas. I will admit I've tried to tag you a couple times on LinkedIn, and I did not know how to spell your first name. Most people spell it with a Y. Why? Oh, thank God. Okay, I didn't feel like a total idiot. No, but okay. my mom is unique, so she spelled it M-A-I-R-A. That would the be my. the Spanish pronunciation spelling, yes. Myra. Or I get Maria all oh. the time. And I knew that was not right. No, because the I is before the R. And I knew it was close to Myra. Or, I'm sorry, Maya. Maya. But, but I knew it wasn't Maya. Yes. <laughs> Hey, mom. Her mom's over doing? here laughing mom's at us. Mom's here going, oh, yeah. thanks for judging me on my name selection. <laughs> I just processed that right now. Like, yes. how much of assholes we are right in front of your mom. <laughs> She's like, oh, my gosh. Yes. I Sorry, mom. You're, her name is almost like Maria. <laughs> yeah, no, Did you just misspell it like on the Myra. birth certificate? I'm <laughs> <laughs> not supposed to tell everybody that. <laughs> the truth comes out now. All right, so, uh, but Amigo is your company. Yes, Amigo Pipe and Equipment. Okay, so talk to us about that. We have been around since 1994. I joined the company, I would say, about six years after I graduated high school. And we've been in business till then. Family-owned business, me and my dad. What do you guys do? Heavy haul, hot shot, we third-party rig moves, um, pipe hauls, pretty much any transportation need, we we can help you out. Hot shots. Yeah, I need, like, equipment you need to haul out. Pipe? Do you guys haul pipe? Yes, tons of it. Yeah. That's a niche. Like, and it's cool that you guys are diversified because you need special trucks to move special types of equipment. You need low boys. You need trucks that can haul, like, certain weight requirements. Oh, yes. You know, especially with the heavy hauls. Like, if you want to move big compressor packages and things like that. I think the best thing that I've loved about this is going to watch a full-blown rig move oh, rig move? moves are sexy oh my goodness they're like i would think you wouldn't need a degree no to, it's awesome yes like in the actual webster's apart, definition yeah. and put it all back together so many pieces of equipment you need cranes yes. you need do you guys do cranes too or no, is that a third not another yet, party we service are looking into it in the future yeah yes ma'am. i tell people like kids especially that have you ever been to the grand canyon have you ever been to you know uh, uh mount saint or what is it uh mount rushmore 
you know, these like bigger than life things where there's an actual scientific study that says it's the awe effect, awesome. Mm-hmm. There's, when you're at a mountaintop, there's just this certain elevation feeling you have, you know, in your spirit and everything else. That's all I get when I see one of those rig moves. Like the actual, just the whole logistics and everything involved. It's like a musical. It's like a musical. And there's so many moving walk. parts to it. When I saw one walk for the first time, oh, I thought, yeah. oh my God, I'm living in the Transformer age here. Yes. That thing's going to turn into an Autobot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and my dad is a forklift operator too, so he actually is in with tearing it apart, loading trucks up and go, load and go, load and go. But it's amazing what they do. It like, is. I went out there on my first rig move. And I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. I mean, this is some really large equipment. Oh, extremely, hundred thousands of pounds and it's, hauling. There's, and it's risky too, so you guys have to be Safety safe. Safety is number one. And qualified, and the guys out there need to, it's like a, like a, a million moving parts and everybody has to be in sync and coordinated. That's the awesome part about it yeah. is that everybody knows their role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the big part because if one person messes their role up, the whole oh. thing goes it could set and us people back might a die. Day. Oh, yeah. It yeah. could set us back a day in injury also. Like, it, it takes a lot. I mean, I see my guys out there and I'm like, wow. I'm very grateful to have the crew I have right now helping us out. Very, yeah. very grateful for them. Yeah. So, Amigo, is that is that because of the... My dad, he just always, he was always, amigo, amigo. And then now he's like, you know what, one day I'm going to, I'm going to name my company that. That's and awesome. It's like, one day you're going to have a company? Wow, okay. Because he was a diesel mechanic for so long. And then he sure got his company going. And then once I was old enough to join, that's when we started, I started the heavy haul division for him. So how did your dad start the business? Um, he started working for a company called Brit Trucking, which they're probably no longer around anymore from what I heard. And um, he was a diesel mechanic for them, and they asked him if he wanted a lease on a couple of trucks. So he leased on a forklift and a flatbed. And from there, we were working for them. And then when the owner of Brit Trucking passed away, the new owner came in, or the man that took over, and he did away with all of our leases. So he deleased all of the owner-operators. So then he was kind of upset and like, what am I going to do? And then I was like, well, let's start our own. He goes, well, if you can do it, let's do it. And that was a challenge. So once we started it, from there, we just kept going. And you got your first break in what what basin? Here. Here in the Permian? Yes, here in the Permian Basin. Yeah. Yes, we're local. We've been here for 27 years and can't get away from this area, I'll tell you that. Incredible. Are you guys specific to the Permian or do you branch out no, to other basins? Are, well, most of our rig moves are going to be in this area. But, I mean, we've gone into Oklahoma, Louisiana, all over Texas, New Mexico. Um, gone to Colorado, I think couple times and that's pretty much as far Arizona we've been Arizona deliver lots of pipe over there in the past yeah so you're not limited to where you guys can provide services no we I mean we can go in all 50 states just sometimes to get a driver to want to go that far it's <laughs> <laughs> the big problem because sometimes it's not well with their families when they're long hauling like that yeah and for you you have a family yes ma'am I have four kids and you work in the oil field you have four kids yes and yeah. a grandson no. Yeah. We'll I not have accept one that. that. Just recently joined the Navy. She's in intelligence. She's an officer in the Navy now. So I never know where she's at or what she's doing because it's so classified. Congratulations. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And then my other daughter, she's kind of part time sales for us right now. And then my other ones are still in school. So 
I have. You have children old enough to be employed. Oh yeah, twenty three and twenty two. And I suppose as grandchildren, I guess I just <laughs> am displaying yes. my idiocracy here. And Myra looks like she's thirty, so she's doing something right. She's gorgeous. That's I mean, yeah. uh, did I make Can't that apparent? You, you see, where would she go? Your mom left us. Oh, like that's why. I was your mom on your is mom. a very off. attractive lady. <laughs> I was like, I get. She's a very attractive my lady. Both look very young. Yes. Everybody's always seen. Oh my god, your dad is so handsome. I'm like, okay. Then all the men are like, oh my god, your mom is so pretty. So I'm like, now you know where I get it from. <laughs> I asked her for her digits. She slapped me in the face. There they are. <laughs> oh my. Digits, right? <laughs> that's a digits. Because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my I didn't know she was everyone. I'm like, oh, that's shit, strike did I six. <laughs> Her mom is Michaela. She's, you know, five foot what? And apparently, <laughs> doesn't five like it three. when young men ask her for her phone number. Hispanic, gorgeous. <laughs> you know, taught me everything I know. Her and my dad. <laughs> good work ethic, uh-huh. good moral, everything. So you guys are primarily down here for geography reasons. We'll go to, to the southern parts. Have you ever gone up to like Colorado or anywhere I've north? I've been up there a couple times to deliver loads of pipe. Usually when it's just like loads of pipe and maybe small machinery, we'll go up there. So who, we really don't. Not yet. So who's your customer? You know, because it's this is a very diverse industry and you never know. And it, could, do, it can be one person. It can be everybody or it can be four, you know. I do a lot of work over rigs. And then I do a lot of pipe hauling for Petrosmith out of Abilene. They keep us very busy. Oh, okay. Good yeah, I mean, people over there. Yeah, I mean, she could work for, you know, upstream companies, drilling companies, yes. doing drilling rigs, or just day-to-day moving equipment. So if they have, you know, a skid package and they need to move it from here to there, or equipment. And then midstream companies, if you need to buy pipe, they can haul pipe. So they're not really limited to the area of operations in oil and gas. No, ma'am. Well, we can. Do you ever get asked what is hot shotting? <laughs> not all the time. You said deadheading, but that's not. I know because uh, they do, and it's. Like- I come from like the non-oil and gas, right? I've only been in it ten years, right? And so we called that deadheading before. Oh, and oh, then yeah, of course God. it's hot shotting here, yeah. and so I, I just I wondered if you ever get asked that. And see, whenever I like hot shotting better than deadheading. Well, I would say. <laughs> well, okay. Go ahead. We um. Since I'm in the rig moving industry a lot, we have this big piece of equipment called the tandem, which pretty much tears the whole rig apart and he- hauls like really heavy, so it's a humongous piece of equipment. And whenever I first started all this and with hot shotting, they would ask me, do you have a tandem? And then I would give them the price. They're like, you're charging, you know, so-and-so amount for That is absurd. And then I was like, well, I mean, it's hauls heavy, heavy stuff. I wouldn't have charged that. Oh, wait a minute. He goes, like, I'm talking about just the regular big truck. I was like, oh, so there's... <laughs> like, so I need you to move a, a, a skid. Yes, like, it's so... <laughs> or a pallet. It's just so like a many pallet. names. So it's kind of like, it just depends, like, what company you're dealing with. If they deal with the smaller stuff or the bigger stuff that they use different verbiage and description of trucks and vehicles. But it gets tough sometimes because I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Would you say you all do roustabout type of work, too? No, we don't. Okay. We're mostly in the trucking part of it yeah, yeah. We well rouse about sometimes has like trucking like a little bit of mm-hmm. you know just transporting little things from here and there and they do a lot of work actually on the rigs and we don't do any of that we okay. don't do repairs or any type of work on the yeah. rigs so don't call her for little stuff <laughs> <laughs> no we can haul everything <laughs> just oil and gas or are you outside of the oil and gas at all 
Um, we currently have a project going on in El Paso where we're doing like roads and belly dumps and getting in a municipality. Hauling yeah, um, hauling machinery up there. So we're yep. currently a little bit busy with that right now. No, that's what I was wondering because I'm finding a lot of companies that worked specifically oil and gas before. They're getting kind of a, a, a government contract or a third party through a government contract type of a job to kind of get them through. Oh, yeah. And if that's what's available, go get it, folks. Go get Absolutely. it. Well, Diversify. We do, Diversify. We, we do actually do have... Hit, hell, <laughs> survive. <laughs> we sell tons of structural pipe, all kinds of sizes for welders, ranchers. I mean, we do oh, have... Oh, really? Yes, we do. We have a lot Is that a different it. name of the business? No, or? it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. so you so sell beams and like rebar, maybe? Uh, no, just mostly the, the pipe structural stuff. Structural? Like 18 inch, 24, 26. Like a lot of welders use it to do their projects and stuff, to build cattle guards or ranchers to fence all their acres of land and stuff like that. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. We also do that. Because hmm. your na- your company name is Pipe and... And Equipment. Yes. And Equipment. So what well, is the Equipment side? That's originally yeah. what it was, just Equipment and, and like the pipe and all that stuff. And then uh, we used to do a lot of flow lining as well. And and then that's then we diversified into the trucking. We've been doing it huh. since then too. How are you feeling? Good. Had some surgery. We don't have to get into that. that. You had some personal <laughs> surgery, non-work related. Just yes. Health-wise. Health-wise. And non-cancer health-wise. We almost got to yes. say that in today's day and age. She's strong and out and about. Yes. <laughs> Can't laugh Taking too hard. Taking it easy. <laughs> Can't drive yet, so I've never chauffeur. <laughs> oh, Is that why your mom's here with you today? Well, she's been with me this whole time. I'm so blessed that she has been my biggest support system. She has been by my side through this whole yeah. process of recovery. That's what she tells you. <laughs> Sounds like you're her wing woman now. Yeah. so uh talk to me a little bit about that because how long were you laid up after surgery um i went into surgery february 24th and the first week i could say was very agonizing pain and i had a little side effect from it so we had to get that cleared up and i think that's what made it worse i think the side effect was worse than actually the surgery that's what did it for me oh no how about with um when it came to like work and stuff like that were you finding yourself trying to well i mean everybody's working with the palm of their hand now they got a cell phone and a computer i was on my deathbed putting out radio shows so i get it figure out how to stay in touch with people oh you know even through diversity or sickness or whatever I'll tell you what, technology is awesome because that phone is like your life is in that phone. It can do anything nowadays. Yeah. The I mean, so, some people look down upon billing. it, but <laughs> it is what it is. Some people, that's the, every day they work, it regardless like, if they're on their deathbed, hospital bed, or doesn't matter. That's just what they got going. You lose that phone and you're like, yeah. oh my God, like you lost a kid or something. It's, yeah. Your whole life is in a phone. I realize that. Well, you were active a little bit during your your surgery and bedriddenness and everything else. I think else, for so. the first four or five days I was actually stuck in bed. I didn't really yeah. do anything. I couldn't. I just didn't want to push it and risk like internally damaging something. So I had to really take my time and I'm a very outgoing sociable person so that was really terrible on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I assume your your place of employment, your family owned business was cool with all this? <laughs> well... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> The only reason, it, it was unfortunate, it really was, you know that saying when it rains, it pours? <laughs> well, it, oh, yeah. it, it, didn't, it didn't turn out good because Monday morning, my safety guy, which is like, he's like my right-hand man, he calls and says, I have something to tell you. And I'm, 
you know, he was just so out of it. And I go, what's going on? His mom passed away. Oh. So dealing with my surgery schedule on Wednesday and then his mom passing at the same time and having to go out of town because his family lives near Lubbock. I mean, that was a really hard time on the company because we're the two, the only ones that do all the billing and dispatching. So it was, we went through a really tough time at the company. But I'm very grateful that our customers were very understanding. And, you know, they we were behind on, you know, some of the... I never thought of that. That's going to be hard because, you know, at the end of the day, I suppose, what, what, what you had was an elective as opposed to, like, non-life-threatening? No. Well, it's not, it was an elective. Like, the doctor, I had to. Oh, they did. Okay, yes, okay. I had to have... Before it turned into a serious, you know, cancer or anything like that, right. I had, it okay. had, yes... Because I've heard of surgeries where they're like, you know, they scheduled six months in advance and then... No, this was scheduled like three weeks ahead of time. Oh, so this was like they... Okay, so this was a very uh, aggressive preventative, we'll call it. Yes, it was. Yeah, okay. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. And you're fine now? Yes. I'm out here. Well, you're here, but so (laughs) am I, and I'm never fine, but... I'm out here and no drinking for six weeks, so... There goes that. <laughs> Two and a half, okay. So you're healthy and you're recovering. That's the most important part, yes. Yeah. Because that would slow down my recovery process, and I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> well, anything you want to make sure we mention before, you How know, we... How do people uh, get a hold of you if they want to hire your services? I'm also on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm LinkedIn. They're Myra Vargas. M-A-I-R-A. Yes. <laughs> v with a V like in Victor. A-R-G-A-S. A lot of people tend to spell with a B like Vargas. I don't know why. Oh, I know how to spell your last name and not your first name. Yeah, I a lot screw of that say, up every time. Oh, B, like a boy, I'm like, no, V, like <laughs> Vargas. Yes. I've actually gone on LinkedIn and done the uh, uh, at and started spelling your name just so I knew how to spell your name. <laughs> I'm not lying. I, I, it's, You're uh, not the only one. I have so many people like that would message me or write me stuff, you know, a lot of support and stuff. And they say Maria. Yeah. I mean, I, it's to me, it's not polite to correct that, especially when they're being so supportive for something. Yeah, you know, I just you let can't it go. fault like, that. Yes. Yeah, that's what their intention was. Just like, Absolutely. hey, by the way, yeah. my name's Myra, and now yeah. that's going to cost you ten percent. Because my last name, my last name is Spees. I mean, so we get that mispronounced. I say Spees constantly. All the time. I say Spees. And the not federal spies. government called me Spies. Spies. That's normal. I, I get spies. spies all the time. But to have the government call you spiss? Oh, no. That's just one letter away from piss. <laughs> I said spice, though. So. That's yeah, normal. <laughs> but anyway, so. What's yeah. your phone number and email address? Websites, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, my number is 432-438-1848. And my email is m, like in Myra, dot Vargas at amigopipe.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we are currently working with a web designer to get our website up and running as well. Call Myra. They'll move your shit. Yep. <laughs> we can move all of it. Personality
music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a sixth. It's an important part of what goes on in the state, and safety is is really important, obviously, to all of us. Absolutely. You know, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean, uh, the President Biden's administration, that this is Obama-Biden 2.0 plus. And the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to the Crude Line. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move, and I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go. 
and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of Americas. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing when I think sometimes it's just really ironic. I'll, I would be used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company? <laughs> pull in an electric car. So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Good morning and welcome back to your morning drive. News Talk 550. KCRS, it's the voice of West Texas. I'm Chris Moore. Joining me on the phone line from Nebraska. Of all places, I've got Jason Spies. Jason Spies. There you go. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing just great. Slept in my vehicle last night. Back to the old days of a decade ago when a lot of us were making our way, sleeping in our vehicle, making six-figure business decisions with a seatbelt wedged in our back at 2 a.m. in the morning. We're back to those days again. And yesterday I was at the uh, EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, Michael Regan, he's the administrator. He had a listening session in Bismarck, North Dakota for the Bakken, and it was kind of a who's who of the Bakken in terms of regulators and leadership, that sort of thing. And so I'm making my way down to Midland, Texas, and last night I made it as far as Valentine, Nebraska, which does not have the ample lodging like I thought they would, so I went back to my old days of the Bakken early on, and myself and Frackleberry Hound, who is my mascot we travel with, she is a stray that we found at a reclamation site, and uh, she's coming her way, Frackleberry Hound, and I slept in our vehicle last night. So very long way to say Valentine, Wisconsin area, or Va- Valentine, Nebraska area. So thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, you're actually coming to the Permian Basin, going to be out of the Horseshoe Arena for the Shale Energy Resources Conference and Trade Show. It's going on next week, Wednesday the 9th and the 10th. Give us some details on what to expect at the conference slash trade show. Absolutely. In fact, I kind of call it the premier Permian trade show. And the reason I say that is because 
this is the one that you're going to find the people at. This is kind of going to be old home week for a lot of people. There's going to be some new faces. Of course, people are trying to make their way, break their way, figure out their way into the Permian because the Permian is percolating and it will be for the next 20 years. So we're going to have uh, people like Ron Gusick on, who's the CEO of Liberty Resources. He's going to be a speaker at the Shale Energy Conference and Trade Show June 9th and 10th. He'll be on our program to talk about uh, their new ESG report, Environmental Social Governance. That's a big buzzword going around the banking and energy world right now. And Liberty just put out their first one yesterday morning. That's how like big of news this kind of is. He's also going to talk about their electric fracks. So they're going a whole different direction and doing electric fracks. So they're going to, yeah, they're going to talk about that. Of course, we're very honored to have the mayor, Patrick Payton, he's going to join our program as well as speak at the Shale Energy Conference. And what yeah, he's, he's doing, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Um, that's an excellent decision. Uh, mayor Patrick Payton is very well read on oil and gas here in the Permian Basin. Well, what we're excited about is he's trying to lead what we call, and I have no idea if he calls it this, but the Million Mayor March. Uh, We had a news story on about a month ago where he was trying to organize or get some momentum going for other mayors across the country. And we have Mayor Steve Bakken out of Bismarck, North Dakota on board as well with uh, uh, Mayor Patrick. They want to really get mayors energized about the realities behind oil and gas, because that's where we're at now. We, we're just trying to, really, the oil and gas industry is trying to have a civil, rational conversation, and that's becoming very difficult. I think a realistic conversation, because a lot of these liberal politicians, cities, so forth, don't understand you cannot turn all this off and the world's just going to tick-tock along with batteries. Well, the one thing that I think a lot of people in Texas, West Texas especially, because I know East and West is a little bit different, we have the same thing in our state, uh, is that the one, the, this new administrator, uh, Michael Regan, who's, I think, uh-huh. what would he be, second in charge, I guess, behind, behind Jennifer Grashholm, who's going to be coming back, or is going to be coming to the Bakken in, in a month or two. We'll be out there for that as well. Uh-huh. But what he said was very interesting, is that the waters of the United States, which is one of the most controversial and the most highly rejected uh, uh, Obama-era acts that came came into the agriculture and energy industry, what he said was that there are parts of that rule that are unlawful. And I wrote that down as actually my number one news source that came out of it. And so we talked to the Attorney General of North Dakota afterwards on our program, and that's what he talked about, too, how that was a big stepping stone for people in ag and energy to understand that this administration is actually willing to have a conversation, which they weren't willing to before. And just to break it down, because it is kind of complex, what the Waters of the United States Act essentially means, there are some attorneys that do interpret it this way is that every puddle in your backyard will be owned by the government because it's a waterway. And so, of course, 
agriculture, <laughs> good luck. And of course, you know, you start getting into other areas. And that's one of the things that came out of it yesterday. But anyway, uh, so getting back to uh, Mayor Patrick Payton, we're very excited to be, you know, helping spread that energy of energizing mayors to the realities of having a civil and rational conversation when it comes to uh, these discussions. And it sounds like at least uh, Michael Regan from the EPA is willing to do so. And here's a, a local plug if you wouldn't mind, Mara Vargas with Amigo Pipe. She's going to be joining uh-huh. us as a guest, uh, guest co-host uh, with that uh, interview with the mayor. I think that is so cool, by the way. Uh-huh. I'm sorry? Absolutely. I said absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, the reason is that sometimes we, we often in this business... She is. She's from Midland. Mm -hmm. She's right out of Midland. Yeah, she's a family business. Uh, They they're Hispanic descent. And so she's also going to bring not only a female perspective, but a minority perspective and then a small family business perspective. She's like the trifecta. It's just awesome. <laughs> so, and, uh, if she was a veteran, hey, we'd get another box. Be- I, I guess i got to ask, are you a military veteran too? We can get that box checked too. Uh, what, one of the things, of course, in the media is sometimes you have to wear about 15 hats. And so when you can bring yeah. somebody in who's going to help, help me a lot because I can't really bring female issues to light. A, a female can. I can't. I mean, so she's going to do a tremendous job with kind of helping me with one or two of the interviews. Hopefully she'll stick around for the Texas Railroad Commissioner, Jim Wright. That's kind of the main event, really. Not to, yes, sir. Not yes, to sir. overshadow or undershadow Mayor Patrick Payton, but uh, the, the Jim Wright, the Railroad Commissioner, is going to be coming in. He's speaking at uh, the event as well. And do we have a schedule of whenever these, what time all these, the, the itinerary, let's say that, you bet. In fact, if, if you go to yeah, the agenda, itinerary, uh, mm-hmm. kind of that sort of thing, if you go to shaleenergyresources.com, that's triple W, shaleenergyresources.com, uh, all the information is there, including the floor plan. So if let's say you're out there listening and you're driving, you know, you're, you're driving some hot oil right now and you're thinking, oh, my company's going to be there. Who am I going to sit next to? for eight hours. Well, you can go take a look because the numbers are up with the assignments of different uh, companies and et cetera. So also uh, Sarge Summers is going to be speaking at the event. He's kind of a, an industry uh, favorite and legend, if you will. Uh, another company I did want to mention really quickly, I don't know how much time we have, but is the CEO of Nucoda. And the reason I wanted to mention them is because they've got like like Liberty Resources who's doing the electric frack and they've got that uh, ESG report, kind of some newsy, new cool things. Kent Kirkhammer, let me repeat that. Kent Kirkhammer is going to be introducing the Gorilla Jack. A couple of very cool names for the oil and gas industry. We call it our future WWE tag team, the Kirkhammer and Gorilla Jack. But uh, Kurt... Kirkhammer is the CEO of Nucoda, and they have a Gorilla Jack, which there's only three of them built in the world. And mm-hmm. it's a brand new technology, and they believe it works in the Permian. And so they're going to be down here doing some testing and et cetera. So he's going to come on and talk about that too. And that's where we're at. Some of this new technology is it's so electric, cool. Electric track. 
No, this is called this is called the gorilla jack, like a gorilla. Okay. Yeah, a gorilla okay. jack, and then the jack, of course, J A C K. Um, yeah, and this is a big lift type of a thing. This is like you know uh, mm-hmm. stacking four semis on top of each other. That's how big this unit is. Wow. Yeah, and so, and by the way, at the Shale Energy Conference and Trade Show. There, there is other activities going on as well. So on the 8th, there's going to be a band and a fundraiser uh, there as well. And then there's going to be an outdoor cook fest. Both days are going to have crawfish and ribs and all kinds of stuff. And, of course, the bigger-than-life oil industry that it brings. Out in the parking lot, you're going to see all kinds of rigs and cranes and semis and just, you know, Toys for all kinds of people that like that kind of stuff, like me. Uh, in, in my neck of the woods, we have one that every year, it's an ag, and they call it Big Iron. So it's as big as iron as you can possibly imagine. Combines and all kinds of different things. So same kind of concept down here with the different... Uh, That's part of the trade show. Part of the trade show, right. It's an inside-outside. So you can go outside and get some sun, go inside, get some A.C., you can go outside, get some crawdads, get some ribs. And by the way, I do want to give a big shout out to Tiffany Wilson, who's just been a tremendous supporter of the crude life and helping us uh, with some of the local guests and that sort of thing. And I do want to transition into the real oil field women of the South. If, if, do we have time for that, too? Uh, we have a moment. Yes, okay. sir. So we're doing, a, we're doing a thing where we're going to have you know, issues that are pre- relevant and prevalent in the oil and gas industry. And so Jenica Hauser, who's interviewed the uh, Texas Railroad Commissioner Christy Craddock, as well as the uh, uh, Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge. So, so she has a good pedigree when it comes to handling serious topics. She's going to lead a weekly discussion starting July with real oil field women. These are women that are working in and day to day, every day. And so they're going to, it's going to be their show. It's going to be their show. So we're going to kind of do a little bit of a test run down in this show for an hour. We're going to, we've got velvet roped in my mind, (laughs) velvet roped out. And uh, these women are going to lead a discussion about some real issues, you know, some single, single parents trying to juggle different things and, you know, different, the oil industry can be very play hard, work hard. So some of those things are going to be placed in there too. So very excited about that as a uh, former journalist, trying to get my journalism back on again, helping to enable and support these uh, important discussions that, you know, persist in our daily lives. So that's going to be part of it as yeah. well. And we've been very blessed here to interview. I've interviewed Christy Craddock and Todd Staples and so many individuals in the oil and gas industry. So this sounds to be quite the conference and trade show. It is going to be, that's why I say it's the premiere, one of the Permian. And you know what? I really, truly mean that. I just came from the Williston Basin Conference and the uh-huh. and the energy and the reason I say the premiere is because it's the first one. It's the one, and and that's the reason it's the premiere more than anything. That's awesome that we're getting Jim Wright from the Texas Railroad Commission. That's awesome that we're getting Mayor Patrick Payton to come in and Ron Gusick, the CEO. That's that's incredible. But really, more than anything, this is a timing deal. People want to shake hands again. People want to 
be less than six feet apart. And I saw that in the Bakken. In fact, everybody called it Old Home Week. And there were some people that just met for the first time and they felt like it was Old Home Week. That's the feel that this trade show is going to give. The Shale Energy Conference and Trade Show, June 9th, June 10th. That website again, I want to give it one more time shaleenergyresources.com. You're more than welcome to come out. I'll make sure that we have a media pass for you and anybody that you'd like. Uh, Jeff Kennedy and his wife, Miranda, are going to make sure that that's aside. And if I got to pay for it, I'll pay for it myself. I'll be there for sure. You and I had already discussed that, and I encourage everyone else. Now then, do they need to sign up? for the conference. They do. In fact, I haven't even signed up, but I got a phone call reminder yesterday that I have to pre-register. So I imagine uh, you do have to pre-register. So that's why I say I'll make sure that I've got yours taken care of. But for anybody who wants to attend, uh, go, go to the Shale Energy Resources website, uh, click on the pre-registry and just follow the necessary information and that sort of thing. And it's it's like all the other websites out there. It's pretty user-friendly and that sort of thing. And then worst case scenario, there's a phone number you can call. There you go. You always go back to old school, right? I tell people, you know, it's so funny. Um, two, two things, by the way. I didn't know you guys do polka. I went to your Facebook page. And do you guys really do polka? Do. You do? Polka Friday, every Friday. Okay. Yes. I, I'm sorry if we're going to run long, but this story's worth it. So when I got my teeth wet out in the Bakken oil fields, uh, we were doing this kind of this daily news talk station. Mike, Mike Enzi from a uh, senator from Wyoming would come by our food truck show, you know, that sort of thing. It was really grassroots. But part of the deal I had with the local radio station was I'd kind of help manage it a little bit, you know, for, you know, just as a, Hi. yeah. And so I, I found myself filling in because it, at this time, it really wasn't automated. Again, sometimes in media, you have to wear 15 hats at one time. And this, right. r- this radio station hadn't got automated yet. We were in the process of it. But we had a Sunday morning polka show, okay? And oh, my goodness. I, and I had to do that polka show. It was two hours long, more times than I care to remember. And I'd go in there, and we had, and we had to do it live. So I'd put in these polka tunes. I have no idea. Lawrence Welk is the only thing I ever knew about polka because he's from the same state as I am. I couldn't even pick him out of a crowd of two, okay? But I know the name. <laughs> so here I am playing these polka things, and I'll tell you what, folks. You want to talk about a loyal audience, you put in a polka song and they will come because I'm not kidding you. Yes, sir. Oh, my. So here I am, second hour. I'm just proud of myself because I haven't fallen asleep yet because polka's not my thing. I put in this thing. Boy, the phone lines light up. I'm thinking, oh, look at this. I played a hit. I got my butt chewed here and there because I played that song, the same song in the last hour, and I had no idea. Oh, wow. They all sound the same to me, so I had no idea. I had for 15 minutes, oh, boy. So, anyway, there's my story about pulpits. Well, we appreciate you giving us a call this morning. Safe travels here to the Permian Basin. Uh, the show, of course, is at the Horseshoe Arena, the 9th and the 10th. That's next Wednesday and Thursday again. What is that website so they can get signed up? Shaleenergyresources.com. Shaleenergyresources.com. Of course, you can always go to The Crude Life, and we've got all kinds of information there, too. And I appreciate you having me on today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We're 
thrilled you did. Looking forward to the show. You have a blessed day, sir. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. You bet. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. heard on the crude life morning show play hard work hard is by the moody river band interested in becoming a sponsor email studio at the crude the crude life play hard work hard is sponsored in part by great american mining monetizes wasted stranded and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for bitcoin mining Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to GAM.AI. That's Great American Mining, GAM.AI. The Crude Life with host Jason Speece. My name is Jason Speece, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Lynn Helms, the director for the North Dakota Mineral Resources. And today's interview is conducted by Crude Life content correspondent Jenica Hauser. Bots or whatever downhole, and then when they are in place, they release whatever the payload is, I guess, the yeah, exactly. So the, the the pore spaces in the Bakken are very, very, very small. They're less than 20 nanometers mm. in size. So it, it, you, you couldn't, in, in a lot of them, you could barely get a human hair in there. And so delivering something into there is, is difficult and then having it do its thing. So, yeah, these are intended to... Uh, be small enough to get into those little pore spaces and then much like the gel cap around your medicine to release it after it's in there not in the well bore but after it has actually gotten into these small nanopores in in the rock itself wow what happens to the nanobots after they've given their payload i mean are they are they made of they are made of stuff that uh, um degrades so they're they so it just goes right back into nothing. the environment harmlessly. Exactly. Okay. They, they attach themselves to the rock, and then over time and with temperature, they, they just go back to what they were before they were fermented. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that's kind of cool. To listen to the full-length interview with Lynn Helms, director for the North Dakota Mineral Resources, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life promotes a culture of inclusion and respect through interviews, content creation, live events, partnerships that educate, enrich, and empower people to create a positive social environment for all, regardless of age, race, religion, sexual orientation, physical, or intellectual ability. Everyday energy for everyday people. For more, visit thecrudelife.com. 
from the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update. My name is Jason Spees asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out the industrial forest. Forest.com. That's the industrialforest.com. I was in Tioga yesterday. I saw a new billion dollar gas plant commissioned. So the Tioga gas plant is up and running. Here we go! I think it's huge. Governor Downrimple says it best that value added agriculture is a big part of the North Dakota's past and it's a big part of today and it'll be a big part of tomorrow. The petrochemical industry itself is forecast to uh, add about $30 billion of capacity expansion here in the U.S. to get access to that natural gas and convert it into plastics. So it's a big deal here. This whole natural gas shell play has changed the country's view of natural gas as a sustainable uh, reliable energy source and really change the entire dynamic of uh, the United States. Well, natural gas is really the, the game changer in terms of its impact on the electric industry. Just in this past year, uh, we financed over $500 million uh, into North Dakota projects, uh, about 60% of that uh, into the 19 oil and gas producing counties. What's happening with natural gas is exciting, and I think it's a wonderful opportunity for growth. Cost of the gas out just right out of our line that feeds our shop equates to about 70 cents a gallon equivalent. So that's really, you know, as a small company, you know, trying to grow, that's how we're funding the vehicle conversions, the, the fueling station, etc. We're fueling that with our funding that with our fuel savings. Tremendous results from companies like Swift Trucking and Central Freight Lines, major companies like Frito-Lay and Dark Transportation, who have made major commitments to convert a large number of vehicles who are buying the engines currently available in a 12-liter engine. And uh, we're seeing the trucking industry really take hold of this, and it's uh, saving them money. Now I know. 
producing over a billion cubic feet of natural gas a day, and it is the richest natural gas on the planet. It contains more ethane and propane than, than any other gas uh, that people are processing. So we've reached that critical mass now. important, if not more important, is the fact that we now have an abundant, lower-cost natural gas supply thanks to horizontal drilling and hydraulic fracturing, which has produced a gas resource that um, we wouldn't have imagined uh, a generation ago. We're hearing about BNSF saying they want to do a, a major conversion plant to convert their train engines to, to liquefied natural gas in North Dakota. It's not only about jobs growing the economy and good for the environment, right, capturing that gas. It's a national security issue for us, but also working with our allies in Europe to counteract what Putin's doing. So this shows the global reach of North Dakota. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com.